Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. Experience the 2011 Hyundai Sonata today at HyundaiSonata.com. She works hard for the money, so hard for it, honey. She works hard for the money, so you'd better watch Outline Daily. I'm sure Donna does. Renzo here again on the first Thursday of Turkey Month, 2011. Gobble, gobble, my friends. In the past, GM has had trouble selling small cars in the U.S., but it looks like the Chevy Cruze has changed that. According to the Detroit Free Press, in its first full year of sales, it ranked 10th among all vehicles. It's already on place to beat its predecessor's best sales year. The most the Cobalt ever sold in 12 months was 213,000, which works out to about 18,000 a month. This year, more than 200,000 cruises have been sold, or about 20,000 a month. Only 15% of those sales are fleet. A new study from AAA says that the societal cost of traffic accidents in the U.S. is nearly $300 billion a year which is three times greater than the cost of congestion. That comes out to over $1,500 per person every year. The cost of crashes is based on the Federal Highway Administration's costs for traffic fatalities and injuries that assign a dollar value to things like medical and emergency services, lost earnings and household production, property damage, and lost quality of life. Volkswagen is showing off the new CC before it debuts later this month at the Los Angeles Auto Show. As you can see, the styling has been refreshed, but not many details were shared. Adaptive bi-xenon headlights and LED taillights will be standard, but powertrain and pricing will be revealed later. The 2013 CC goes on sale in the U.S. next spring. Last week, Consumer Reports released its Influential Reliability Study. The organization's findings were pretty much standard fare aside from one major change, Ford. The Dearborn-based automaker took a tumble. Customers were not happy with its MyFord Touch infotainment system and the dual-clutch transmission used in the Focus and Fiesta. But the company is not sitting idly on the sidelines as it gets pummeled by the press. It's grabbing the proverbial bull by its proverbial horns. We've been working on uh, the issues for quite some time. I think we've had some hardware and software updates uh, to deal with the uh, Focus and Fiesta issues on those cars. And then in addition to that, uh, you know, on the technology side with My Ford Touch, we've had lots of software updates uh, to deal with that. And, uh, and we continue to do that as we drive towards uh, the eventual introduction of our next generation My Ford Touch. Check out AutoLine Daily next week when we'll have a full report on the company's next-generation infotainment system with a rundown of all the upgrades. In a surprising bit of news, Nissan is relocating Infiniti's headquarters to Hong Kong. The move is part of a strategy to boost the luxury brand's global sales to 500,000 vehicles per year. Why the former British colony? Well, Infiniti's future growth will be driven by fast-growing Asian countries. Having its HQ in the area can't hurt its brand image. A couple of weeks ago, we reported the Argentine government was going after foreign companies that are hurting its trade balance. To alleviate the problem, Nissan agreed to export more than $50 million worth of wine from the country. Now, according to our colleagues at Bloomberg, other automakers are doing the same. The products they're exporting read like a grocery list. Porsche, too, is shipping wine. 
Subaru is turning to chicken feed, while imported Mitsubishis will be offset by peanuts. And the list goes on, including things like biodiesel and bottled water. I can't imagine how much rice BMW will have to sell to offset a new 7 Series. All told, Argentina's government forecasts these efforts will shrink its 2012 trade surplus to $8.6 billion, down from more than $12 billion last year. All I can say is this story is making me thirsty. Coming up next, another trip down pre-dementia boulevard, I mean memory lane. What if we always settled for the first thing that came along? Then we'd never have gotten here. Introducing the Sonata Hybrid from Hyundai. Yesterday I gave you a glimpse into my fuel-injected childhood and what it was like growing up immersed in the heyday of the car business in Detroit. Today I'll give you part two, which is made up of more snippets from that time, as in what were some of the more memorable cars and experiences from back in the day? The first Chevy? I distinctly remember standing next to our loaded 58 Chevrolet Impala, painted in anniversary gold, in the driveway of our home in Flint, when a Boeing 707 flew low over the city for the very first time. A spectacular sight to say the least, as it was the first jet engine aircraft I had ever seen or heard. And the Impala? It wasn't as spectacular as the 707, but it was pretty hot at the time. Ed Cole, the brilliant engineer and then general manager of the Chevrolet division, lent us some of his cars on occasion, like his personal company car back in 61, which was a white with blue 409 Impala SS with four-speed manual gearbox. I told you things were different back then, if that was his company car. The story was that it was a prototype of the production car, and the only other 409 Chevy in existence was in Dino Don Nicholson's hands at the NHRA Winter Nationals. We spent the weekend cleaning everyone's clock on Woodward Avenue in Cole's 409. But by far my favorite Ed Cole car that he let us play with for a weekend was a brand new 63 fuel-injected Corvette Stingray Coupe in gleaming silver with every high-performance option. It was just a couple of days after the car's official introduction to the media, except no one had seen one in Metro Detroit at the time. So needless to say, it caused quite a stir literally stopping traffic and drawing hordes of followers everywhere we went. I maintain that no car has made the impression that the Stingray did upon its introduction. It was a singular moment in automotive history and a magnificently sensational car for the ages. And it still is. Then there was Mrs. Cole's 65 Bluebird Stingray, the Flying Camaro, the Corvette vs. Cobra Weekend, the 67 and 69 L88 Corvettes, and much, much more. You can read all about it in my column in autoextremist.com. That's the High Octane Truth for Thursday, November 3rd, 2011. Stay hungry, my friends. Well, as Jeffrey Chaucer or somebody else once said, all good things must come to an end. And that idiom even applies to great things like Autoline Daily. So that's a wrap for now. But if you haven't had enough auto extremists in your diet, join me tonight on Autoline After Hours. Co-host John McElroy will be in the house, so be on your best behavior. Special guest this evening is Stuart Norris, the lead designer of the Cadillac Q. Remember, the AAH Live webcast starts tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on our website, autoline.tv. Be there or else. <laughs>